Oh, welcome back to Nick's VM. On episode 8 of the Countdown 2 podcast, I'm back again with my boy Keenan from Red Talk TV to discuss all things happening in the Premier League before I spin off by myself and discuss the NFL divisional round games. I've got my Pat Mahomes jersey on, so you know what time it is, bro. This guy showed out before he got hurt, but yeah, that, that's for later. So yeah, Keeb, Keeb, what are you saying? You good? Yeah, I'm blessed, man. I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, yeah I'm all good, man. Um, I know you don't watch the NFL, but there's some massive NFL games yesterday, bro. My team pulled it out last minute. It was crazy. Okay, the backup geese are coming in. It's like, how can I compare it, man? It's like Bruno Fernandes, yeah, getting injured mm-hmm. in the Champions League quarterfinals. And then Mata comes in and scores a free kick or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that in the back from bits. It's crazy. I couldn't believe it. But yeah, anyway, talking about United, talking about Bruno. Yesterday's game, so United against Liverpool at Anfield. There was like, everyone was looking forward to that. Sky was building that up the whole week. And it was a snore fest, man. What, what, what happened? <laughs> yeah, the snore fest, to be honest. Um... I think the, the selection at the start shocked everybody. Like Sky made out to be this massive game all week, and then um, while he pulls off a selection like that, I mean, if you've got if you've got a team that's got no central defenders, you'd like you you start your big guns up top, and then you start Cavani, which is our big gun. He's our biggest gun, should I say? Um, but he's on the bench. Uh, fair play to Lindelof. He had a good game, Lindelof and Maguire. But Bay should have started. You know, there's nothing that warrants Bay being on the bench. But I thought it was a snow fest myself, man. And we've got to talk about NBE at some point because he's doing my head in, man. He's doing my head in. The game, the game was just a big snow fest for me. And um, I do think both teams had their chances to take three points, but there was just so... Pogba had a big chance, though. Yeah, big, big chance, man. You know, he should have done them. I don't know if he saw the goal, but Madison's goal, where he just roofed the net this weekend. If Pogba done the the same, yeah, yeah. If Pogba done the same, then we'd probably walk away with three points. But it wasn't to be, I think, man. I thought a draw was a fair score, to be honest. Right, for both teams. You make a good point, you know, about about the selection because Liverpool, as soon as I saw the team, she I was like, Liverpool got two centre midfielders at centre back. But Liverpool had mo- most of the possession and they dictated the game. It was, I, you know what, I can't criticise it too much because a point at Anfield is never a bad point, you know, no yeah. matter how, no matter what form they're in especially Liverpool these days. These days, they're pretty good, so... And Anfield is always a tough place to go, man, but... Yeah. We've been raving Bruno, yeah, been talking up his name. And then, yo, Twitter was having a field day yesterday. <laughs> Twitter was going mad. Yeah. Did you see that, um, the goal.com, the goal, the goal.com tweet that they put out? So it says, I've got it up here with me. So Bruno Fernandes against the Premier League Big Six in 2021 
six matches, one goal, a penalty, and that was against us when we beat you six one, zero assists. And bro, that that's got four K retweets, twenty three K likes, mental. Where where was Bruno? He, he did ghost a bit though after a good season. Yeah, um I don't know where it was, man. Bro, Ozil is finest, <laughs> man. If I had to rate Bruno yesterday, I'll give him a two, bro. I'll give yeah. him a two. And um, you know what it is with Bruno, that why he's playing so much? Because Ali's back's sort of... Because Ali's back's up against the wall and um, there's only... Like, there's 11 players he can trust in it so he's got to play those 11 players no matter what that's why we're seeing outform Martial start seeing outform Rashford start Maguire he just won't he just can't get dropped obviously because of the price tag and everything else um, Fred and McTominay they're the, the guys he trusts in it and sometimes they pull off results for him or they have done so they're not like they're not going to get dropped in it. And when, when Bruno's pulling off two out of tens, he's just not going to get subbed off. And if he does get subbed off, he gets subbed off in the 85th minute or something like that. Like what he did yesterday, I'm not quite sure what minute it was, but poor from him, man. I'll be honest, yeah, when it comes to Bruno, I think a lot of this criticism is from jealous rival fans. Mm. Bruno has been the best player in the Premier League this season. And this is coming from a Tottenham fan. You could easily say Kane or Son's been the best player this season. But it's yeah. definitely been Bruno, bro. He's took your leaps and bounds to top of the league. And he has won bad game in ever, ever so often. And I'll say, especially yeah. Liverpool fans, fucking City fans, everybody shouldn't do that. He's not like, say, oh, he's not. He doesn't come up in big games, doesn't come up in big games, but... You can't win every single game, especially a game like yesterday. When you say about the selection, you make a good point where you should be bossing that game when they haven't got no, um, no like proper But yeah, but like I see from the for the minute it kicked off, you could tell Thiago was going to control it, and then he did control it. He was mm. the best player on the pitch for large parts of the game. But yeah, I, I mean it's unfortunate. Just single out Bruno. Bruno for me. I still say Bruno's still batting De Bruyne, and mm. it just is what it is, isn't it? Like you can't expect dropping out these gems every single game. You can't do that for like peak Messi, peak Ronaldo, where week in week out, you know for a fact they're going to turn up. But play, players yeah, get a pass. True. You didn't lose the game. You got the draw. You got yeah. to move on. You guys. You guys, you, sh- you shouldn't be unhappy. I know it feels like a missed chance, especially with Liverpool's mm-hmm. line. But you shouldn't be unsatisfied with a point at Anfield because uh, we we could have got a point at Anfield, but we lost. So shit like that happens. But that's a point that in many seasons that you don't get. So it's gonna take that and move yeah. on. But now with your points dropped, actually, Man City out of nowhere, bro. I thought these were done after we beat them in, in November. <laughs> But since November, they haven't lost a single game, and if they win their games, their game in hand, they'll go top of the league by a point. It's just crazy that the Premier League table at the minute. So yesterday they won four 0 against Crystal Palace. I saw Raheem Sterling scoring three kicks. It was just like it was nuts. They're they're looking like they could be back up there. 
Yeah, they're looking sick, man. I'll be honest. Um, Pep sort of he's still changing his style in a way, and I mean it's the same sort of pedigree, but like the foundations are still the same. But I think with the players he's got now, like um, Ruben Diaz and whatnot, they're actually players he wanted. For me, he's probably the defender of the year. Maybe he's in that team of the year as the two centre-backs, but they're looking good, man. And obviously, it's, it's scary how they haven't lost since November and win their game in hands the top of the league. And when City go top, we know what that means. And they just don't yeah, lose. Yeah. Like they don't, they, yeah, they don't yeah. drop points, man. Yeah. Mm. A very good front runner, but... I don't know, still, but the, to me, yeah, they still feel vulnerable. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, we've got them in the Carabao Cup final, and I'm not going into that thinking we can't win. You know, like every yeah. city of what 2017, 2018, you're like, oh fuck it, no point even playing. They'll just be us, but still. But now they, they, they ain't got that invincibility anymore. But if you look at their yeah. form table, they're they're winning games or drawing at the very, the very worst. You know, it's mad as well. They're doing it. They're doing it without a recognised striker, bro. Like, um, I know um, Jesus started yesterday, but and, you know, you got Aguero who um, I don't know if he was isolating or whatnot yesterday, but I know he was at home. He might not come and, back for the season or so somewhere. I think yeah, it was yeah. in the sky, but they're doing it without him. You know, Jesus starts here and there, and then they start. De Bruyne or Mars or Sterling or top like mm. I give, give Pep credit man he's just a class manager and it like my view touches turns to gold man I hate to say as a United fan no I'm not far behind City actually Spurs my guys I don't know where to start with Spurs I don't know whether to look at the Fulham result a few days ago or just ignore that and start with yesterday's game Yesterday's game, we looked good, but we was playing Sheffield United and they're, they're terrible. They've probably had one of the worst starts to the Prem. The 11, the 11 points of drift of safety, yeah, and the teams above them have all got games in hand over them, so they're as good as down, really. They're, yeah, it's peak. They're going to come back, yeah. There's no way. They can't score goals, they can't defend. If you can't go forward, you can't defend. Well, <laughs> there's nothing going for it. Yeah. Anyway, with Spurs, the Fulham result last week, midweek, that pissed me off. It was the most angry yeah, I've been at a game <laughs> in a while. Not since, probably not since the Champions League final, bro. Swear. Not that bad. Not since the Champions League final. But what was it about that Fulham game? Like, um, when I was watching it, I was thinking, like, at half-time, I was thinking, okay, you're going there. And Marino would have a word with one or two players. Like he, he'll get he'll get them going, and it like he'll he'll get them firing. But like the second half, bro, I was just like, Marino, do something, man. Like, bro, you know, that, you got that's, uh, that's the worst part. Man. You could see it happening in front of you. You're like, oh my days, this is Wolverhampton, <laughs> this is Crystal Palace, this is um, what other games we've lost? That's not last drew like. Five different games, so West Ham, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Wolves, obviously Fulham. Um, 
there's a few more today that where we just like lost leads because of Mourinho's stupid tactics. Mm. First off, we're playing so well. Fucking Regulon was a threat in behind. And then about halfway through, they just stopped going to him and they kept going down to Sissoko and Ori on the right. And why Sissoko was starting there yeah, against Fulham at right mid? That's another subject. I just didn't understand. <laughs> it made no sense. He started with like five centre midfielders. Mm. But that's fine. Because um, we were playing well, we was playing well. And in the second half, yeah. around, as soon as the second half kicked off, Scott Parker made his changes, he adjusted. Um, the overlap from regular wasn't there anymore. And literally, about 55 minutes, 60 minutes, he brought an Ademola Luckman. And they're just peppering our goal, bro. I'm thinking, yeah. Mourinho, make it. He's just sitting there waiting. And then we concede. And then it brings up Eric Lamella, who's been out for like four months. So yeah, you got Gareth Bale. Why do we sign Bale? And it's just a PR stunt. Yeah, PR. What What do you reckon, bro? Like, um, with Gareth Bale, I saw on a, I think it was this morning, this afternoon, one of them, Gareth Bale um, is, is not staying or Marino's not looking to enter talks with him staying after his loan, like making it permanent. What do you make of the whole thing, bro? Yeah, bro. Marina just made up the whole thing. He's done it in the go. As he's walking and that, yeah. And he just thought, ah, oh, let's get Bale in and just sit him on the bench. Well, what's the point? Yeah. The chances gave him yeah. in the Premier League. He bought him on around 60th minute against Brighton and he won us that game. He literally scored the winner like in the 18th minute or something like that. And he won us that game. Since then, he's only got one. The only one Premier League start I can remember off the top of my head is uh, against West Brom. He, he was pretty poor that game. Oh, yeah. But everybody was poor. He was he won in one mil with a late cane header. But regardless, he should be getting way more chance. He should be ahead of Sissoko in terms of right mid, pecking order. I don't care if he's hobbled. I don't care if he's got one hamstring, bro. I don't care. He's battling <laughs> Sissoko on, on the right field. Yeah. That just baffled me. He never played that Marine game, mate. Huh? He never started that Marine game, did he? Kane? No, but Bale didn't start. He yeah, didn't, yeah. I don't know. It was, I know it was that Viniscus and Lucas starting. I can't remember who was in the left. Yeah. It wasn't Bale. It wasn't Bale. It wasn't was. Bale, wasn't it? But anyway, that brought us back to, uh, brings us back to the Sheffield game. We went three at the back and we put in Roden instead of, um, instead of a further attacking player. With that confused me again. I'm like, you're playing probably the worst team in the league and you're setting up with five at the back. Because you know Mourinho's three at the back is not three at the back, it's five at the back. There's no yeah. way this guy is not going three at the back. <laughs> but just in terms of individual quality, I don't know if you saw the goals. And Don has got a sick goal. Yeah, yeah, I saw that goal. Like, goal. Yeah, and that's how it's fun. There's loops over the keeper. And then Kane scored, just blasted it from 25 yards out, bottom corner. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we played. What I don't even say we played well. It's too hard to even say that we played well. But we've done enough, and our individual quality against a poor Sheffield side just told that that was pretty much it. But yeah, as you can as you can tell, I'm still not optimistic about <laughs> about our season. But we're still we're still in every competition. So yeah, striking the wall. By the way, just just to. Finish on that one, Kane. For me, he has to be man. I know Lewandowski's out there doing like 
complete madness and whatnot. He's 20, 20, 20 year. He was just sick, and he, he like literally won everything, put the Ballon d'Or. But for me, like the streets knowing it, Kane is like <laughs> the world's best like striker for me, man. It's just too sick, man. Too sick. Doing it for a while now as well, man. Yeah. Like, oh, just to finish up in the prem, really. Um, so Chelsea back to winning ways. Currently, I think Arsenal have just won 3-0 against Newcastle, so they seem to be back on it up. And yeah, it looks sooner rather than later, let's say about March, the top six will probably be back in the, their normal order, plus Leicester, wherever they're going to fall into, because they'll probably still be around. Um, yeah, so it looks like we get, we're getting back to normal, really. The league's starting to shake out again. Yeah. Um, Leicester looking dangerous, man. They're not, they're not dropping points, are they? And they've got some good players as well. Leicester, I think, if they continue to um, just keep winning how they are winning, and if they do drop out of Europa League early, because I know the big ones are in Europa League now. If they do drop out, then they could actually just go for it. You know, like they can just put all their focus and energy on the Premier League. And I think, like, I don't think they'll win it, but they can put a charge on you. You know, their their pressure for us. You know, what I mean, the pressure for United, the pressure for Tottenham, pressure for City and Liverpool. Like, they're just that team that keeps on winning, and and they play good football. Man. They're not good players, Leicester, but um, the Premier just a bit of a mess, and even though it's starting to shake back up, it's mm. also well that if Villa win their games in hand, I think they've got like three or two or three games in hand. They'll go top of the league, not top of the league. Sorry, they'll go one point off top, and they go second in the league. That's Aston Villa, but I know their games are in a part tough. We've got them as one of their games in hand, um, and I think they've got City as well. But yeah, it's just the Premier League's a bit of a madness in a minute. I agree. This is going to be up for that. But yeah, cool. Anyway, key bro. Thanks for coming through, man. Um, as always, we'll talk again next week. Just discuss the prep and what's happening. And we're back. Thanks for sticking around episode 8 of the Countdown 2 podcast. In this section, I'll be talking about the NFL playoffs and who I think is going to represent the NFC and the AFC in the Super Bowl. But first of all, let's have a look at AFC division around playoff games. So first off, I'm going to start with my Chiefs. And I'm going to start on a sad note, actually. 1-5 actually ended up getting injured and ended up getting kicked out of the game against the Browns for concussion protocol. So Mahomes was cooking, man. He was splitting up the defence and was looking really good. The, the Chiefs were driving up and down. If I remember correctly, since the start of the game, every time he drove the ball, he had got them in a position where they should be getting points. So he got two touchdowns, there was two field goals and a missed field goal. And on the possession he got injured on, they were actually driving, they were in the Cleveland Browns half and they were up 19 to 10. And it was really an awkward play where he got kind of dragged down as he was going along, as he was going along trying to get a fourth and one. And yeah, that the guy bro, no, the third one, so the third of inches. So yeah, and the Cleveland defender just pulled him down and 
yeah, it can look dazed, it came up, he was seeing stars. So yeah, he went out. And then the FC division around Getty was on the shoulders of the backup. As I was telling Keenan earlier, this was Juan Mata coming in for Bruno Fernandez and Mata scoring the game winning free kick pretty much, or just doing or just doing enough to make sure his team doesn't lose. And um so after he made a few good plays and um, he threw an awful pick. I do not know who he was throwing to. I've completely lost my mind when he decided to step back and throw it into the end zone, throw it absolutely <laughs> to, a Cleveland, uh, to a Cleveland Browns defensive back, really. And um, yeah, so he got picked off and then the defence stepped up. The defence stepped up massively. I've got to credit Chris Jones and Tyron Matthews so much for their effort and for their play for the, throughout that whole game. Especially once Mahomes went out, the whole Chief fan base were fearing for the worst, and rightly so, because Chad Henry did not seem like he could move the football to a point where they could score a touchdown. But yeah, the defence came up clutch. And after Chad Henry's turnover, Baker Mayfield had a chance to drive the Cleveland Browns back into the KC half and score a touchdown and take the lead with less than five minutes left on the clock. But Chris Jones, the pro bowler that he is, got a big poor, was a uh, disrupting plays really. And yeah, the, the defense held up and got the ball back for the Chiefs. So again, it was Chad Henney made some plays. The Williams, the running back as well, was making some plays as well. Much like the Williams from last year as well. Like they're on Williams from last year. But yeah, so pretty much the game came down to a third down where Chad Henney was third and miles away. Miles away. I think third and 18, if I remember correctly. So shot one formation, five wide, and everybody just sprinted to the goal line and... The whole Cleveland Brown defensive backs follow him. And then Chad Henney, he pulled it down. Me as a Chief, I'm rooting for the Chiefs in a minute. I was like, oh my God, he's about to get sacked. He's about to get sacked. He's actually running for the... He's actually going to try and run for the first down. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's done it. And then, yeah, the referees, obviously, they shut that down. With first and inches, and then Andy Reid with the balls of steel, he runs a play that he would only run for Patrick Mahomes for this backup QB, and he ends up pulling it off. It was just crazy. It was crazy thoughts. It was crazy scenes, and yeah, I've done a bad job of explaining that whole game, but yeah, it was just all an emotion. I remember just cheering here, there, and there. But yeah, what a time! What a time to be alive. That's what made. That's what's made me get to the NFL moments like that. Moments like that where it's fourth and one, third down, the foot in heightened, you know, with a game like football, or say soccer in America, whatever, it's so things like that just happen in a click. Whereas in the NFL, there's anticipation, there's like, it builds up and there's like this massive ball of pressure, massive ball of anticipation and nervousness that just builds up to one moment. And yeah, it's just what makes the game, for me, that's what makes the game fun. And to move on to their opponents who they'll be facing in the AFC Championship, it's going to be the Buffalo Bills. So yeah, me, embarrassingly, I had the Buffalo Bills going out in the first round to the Indianapolis Colts. 
And yeah, so in that first round, they struggled. In this second one, not so much. It was a bit of a boring game. You know, coming up against the Ravens, who mainly run the ball, and they, they well, historically throughout the season, they've struggled defending the run. But in this game, they've done really well. They've done really well in defending the run and limiting Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson had three points in the first half. And in the end zone, just after um, Buffalo had got a touchdown to go 10-3 up, they picked Lamar Jackson off in the end zone. His first pick of his career. And yeah, again, this is what I was saying before about Lamar Jackson. For me, he's the Yannis Atatokounmpo of the NFL. So, in the regular season, like Yannis, he'll get you all of these points. He'll look fantastic, win MVP. He might even go on to win multiple MVPs. But once you nail in, nail down, you've got a whole week to just not focus about anything apart from this playoff game. You can shut him down because he can't throw the ball just as Yannis Atatokounmpo can't hit jumpers. So they're very one-dimensional and it's easy to stop them. And Lamar Jackson ended up with a 55 QBR rating. That's that's taken into account his excellent uh, plays with his legs. So yeah, if you were just to take away his legs and just focus on his arm, focus on his throwing just for that game, he would have been much, much lower than 55 QBR. And that's out of 100 as well, just rating you of your performance really. Of one to a hundred, and it takes into account all the throws, runs, smart plays, etc. Just how good you was as a quarterback. So it's your quarterback rating. But yeah, to move on, I don't want to dwell too much on the Ravens who are going home. I want to focus on the Buffalo Bills who are going to be in their first AFC Championship game since 1993. Josh Allen showed great poise, and he led this team all season. And um, yeah, I didn't trust him in a big moment, but this season he seems to have learned from his performance last season against the Houston Texans. And not only did he dominate the AFC East, a division that was dominated for many years by Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, he also carried on this form into the postseason and has done enough. He's the only one running the ball for the whole team, as well as throwing it 40, 50 times a game sometimes. So yeah, congrats to Bills Mafia and congrats to Josh Allen. So over to the NFC now and the first game was the Packers against the Rams. So yeah, the Packers, man, literally them and the Chiefs, the way they picked up from the regular season is like nothing could have happened. It just seemed like they didn't have a bye week. Aaron Rodgers looked like the MVP, had a really, really good game. And then the whole... Narrative around this game was the league's best defence against the league's hottest team, pretty much. And, um, yeah, the package is dominant from start to finish. Even Jared Goff, who was a real scare for for, for the Rams, so they were scared of their own quarterback. But, yeah, gosh, he was injured. And, um, yeah, he had a really good game, but Aaron Donald struggled. He had broken ribs, and you could tell he had broken ribs. He just wasn't his usual self. But for me, what I was watching closely was the matchup between Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey. Adams just completely cooked him. He Adams was a better player, and then um, for me, the one, the one game, the one uh, 
the one play, sorry, that told the story of the whole game was Adams ran a quick slide. This was on his touchdown and got the ball. It might have been an in-route, one of the two. And he got the ball and Kalichi just burst past Ramsey and then Ramsey just like, whoa, what just happened? And he's trying to blame his teammates, trying to say he should have passed it on, etc, etc. But it didn't matter. Basically, that signified to me that the Packers were here and they met business. They were a step quicker, a step sharper. And every time they drove the ball, it just seemed like they were going to score. Rodgers makes, just makes the game look easy. Like, the flick of the wrist is so pretty to watch. And yeah, it just looks effortlessly. Sometimes it looks like he's playing in slow motion. But yeah. And their opponents in the NFC uh, Championship game are going to be are going to be the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that game, bro. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, NFC Championship Final. And they've both got weapons. Uh, they've got a history. So the best two, the best two, the two best players, sorry, of their generation. Yeah, it's going to be some game. But just to quickly touch upon the um, the other NFC division around game before I head on to my NFC Championship and AFC Championship predictions. The New Orleans Saints had a real chance to go through here. They'd beaten the Buccaneers twice already this season. But Drew Brees threw two interceptions and also got a fumble. Uh, in the game and that cost them it was a game of turnovers neither quarterback were that good they're both under 200 yards um, but, but Tom Brady the goal he was mistake free and that's what mattered really because his defence they didn't really bail him out but it took over the game I should say and they made a key plays that needed to be made and that's on that side of the football Whereas the New Orleans Saints didn't. I mean, Tom Brady get, tried to give him a few, but they just didn't come down with one. If I remember correctly, they threw one, Brady threw a bad a bad ball to the far right side. And the, um couple what player it was, but it was a New Orleans, New Orleans Saints defensive back. He caught it, but this is where you tie the difference between the wide receivers and the, the defensive backs. Because if a wide receiver catches that ball, as you know what I'm talking about, he brings it in and he tiptoes across and he tiptoes just before the line. So on review, you can tell that he stayed in bounds. But defensive back is not as skilled, he's not as technical of his feet. He just literally takes one step and then the other step is out of bounds. So bam. The referee waves it off. And yeah, that was all she wrote pretty much. I'm glad the Buccaneers went through. It's a much better matchup in my opinion. Um it's gonna be a much better game to see between the Bucks and the Packers because both of them can score. If the Saints were in there, you would have felt there was blowout potential where they could get overwhelmed and and lose, especially in that freezing cold. You don't want to subject 42-year-old Drew Brees up there. So, yeah, I'm glad it is the way it is. And, yeah, let me stick with the NFC Championship game. So, the Bucks against the Packers. I've, I've thought really hard and long about this. And, yeah... I've got a favour the the books for me, even even though um, actually my original bracket picking um, these did come together, didn't they? They came, they faced each other in this division round. So the way that my bracket would have went, I would have the books and the Packers playing each other in the NFC division round, and I had the Packers actually, I had the Packers going through, 
and losing to and losing to the Seattle Seahawks, which obviously isn't gonna happen. But this time, I just like the Bucks' momentum. Since like week fifteen, um, weeks fifteen or sixteen, they had a buy around there. But um, straight after their buy, they've been on fire. They've been rolling. Tom Brady's the goal, and he's got all of these weapons. And it's Brady against Rogers in the cold. But Brady's been there before. New England is not exactly hot. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be really close. And I fancy, um, I'm going to say 27 20 Buccaneers. So quite a comprehensive victory because um, they'll, they'll, they'll dial up their pressures they usually do. And they could get home. They could get home. For me, the biggest key stopping to the uh, to stopping the Packers, you just have to stop their running game, and because Rodgers gets quite a lot off that running game, so he gets good play action because Aaron Jones is running the ball well, and um, as long as you do that well, you you've got one step, you one step there pretty much, one step there because you limit that play action. But I'm not saying um, Aaron Rodgers is some sort of Ryan Tannehill where he can only play. Like, on play action I mean if you ask him to beat this is where they have to be careful if you ask him to beat you as in throw it deep he will do that he will do that and he will do that pretty easily this is Aaron Rodgers of course they know what he represents I don't need to tell them they know that themselves um, it's up to the defence to to try and limit him as much as possible but I'm pretty sure the way that Jared Goff looked against the Packers offensively he looked quite comfortable and he looked in the flow and with Leonard Fournette running and even Brady getting his own play action actually um, and to the Mike Evans Chris Godwin Antonio Brown Grunk he's got weapons on his side too he's probably got more weapons than Aaron Rodgers but yeah and I just fancy him to edge it out really which takes us to who their Super Bowl opponents would be and I've said it the whole along said it the whole season I'm going to stick to it I think it's going to be the Chiefs. This has got an asterisk. It's got a caveat with Patrick Mahomes needs to be back. Because if he's not back, the Bills could definitely, definitely, I'll probably make them favourites to go through. But I'm assuming Patrick Mahomes is going to be back because he's walking again. 15, come back. We need you. We want to see you in this game. The whole world wants to see you. Um, but yeah, in this AFC, in AFC Championship game, I've got the Chiefs coming out. Again, it seems like some recycled take, but it's experienced. They've been here before. And watching the Chiefs yesterday, with Mahomes on the pitch, when they were driving, it looked effortless. They looked like, as um, as somebody said earlier today that I was watching, it looked like the they had the answers to the test before the test day, before the test came. Of course, it's good, it's good coaching, but it's also just. Good individual talent. I mean, who's going to match up with um, Travis Kelsey? Who's going to match up with uh, Tyreek Hill on the outside? I mean, we've seen this game before as well recently where um, McDermott, the Buffalo Bills head coach, pretty much copied the Patriots' game plan from a few weeks before, whereas they'll all drop deep and they'll give them the run or the down-low passes, which the Chiefs will take. Williams is running the ball well. Le'Veon Bell is still here and there. But yeah, Williams is running the ball well. And 
their reverses, their jet sweeps. They're always liable to get big, big yards as well. So yeah, with Nicole Hardman and Tyreek Hill running them. Hopefully Sammy Watkins as well back is back for that game. A player he didn't have for the uh, for the last game, but he was still just performing so well offensively. And yeah, so if you're gonna give him the run, they'll take it with the different combinations they've got in the backfield. And if you're gonna give him that short pass, uh Travis Kelsey will get that and he'll rack him up, he'll just run through bodies. As you saw for the touchdown, first touchdown against the Cleveland Browns. But yeah, so yeah, in my Super Bowl, I've got the youngster, the potential future goal, Patrick Mahomes, against the actual goal, Tom Brady, in a rematch of a game that we saw a few weeks ago that the Chiefs actually dominated them. But yeah, that would be a, an excellent Super Bowl, having it in Tampa again as well. Yeah, it would just be a great end to the season, yeah. So that's it for episode 8 of the Countdown 2 podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify under the podcast stream, Nixia Media. Also, don't forget to check out nixiamedia.com where blog posts about the new look Brooklyn Nets will be coming out soon. 